So you got a whole uh, alpha team now, don't you? But you, but you have a wealth of knowledge that is beneficial to a lot of people, and it we can move the needle. How often do you hear a hunting podcast? We talked about this. People relate to this. It's Monday morning, everyone, and I've got uh, my good friend Derek Wolf on the other end of the mic, and uh, in my in my old home state, Colorado. What's happening, dude? Oh man, I'm up here in my uh, cabin in Fairplay right now, just staring at a beautiful view. Uh, did some work up here yesterday, chainsaw and chopping wood stuff like that. So just enjoying it, man. Uh, yeah, I bet. Um, see, it's been almost a year since I had you on the podcast. Uh, which right before September, I think last year and, uh, quite a bit's happened well with both of us, but quite a bit's happened with you since then. You've, you started a podcast, you, uh, shot a giant mountain lion and we're all over the news from that and a bunch of other, other stuff. So <laughs> well, what, what did I, what, 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 have I missed anything or have I been pretty close on, uh, your, your podcast started a few months ago too, as well, right? Uh, well, we just started three weeks ago, so we've um, we got two episodes out. I have the third episode with uh, one of my former teammates, Emmanuel Sanders. That's coming out, and then uh, Mike Glover's next week. Um, Ag from the company Toehold. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to get South Cox to come do one with me, but you know he doesn't. Want, he's he's being kind of sneaky about it. He doesn't really want to, but I'm going to force him into it. <laughs> um, and then hopefully I can get you on there soon. You know, it's just, you know how it is with these things is timing, you know, cause I like to do them in person, but, uh, but yeah, man, it's been a whole, it's almost been a whole year since we first talked and it was on this podcast. Cause I remember I was like, Hey, what I, I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't really know anything. I was just going into an over the counter elk hunt. You kind of told me exactly what I needed to be doing. And, uh, you know, we went up to, <laughs> up to unit in Colorado and I don't know if that's up by Grand Lake and we just like, four four and a half days of just nothing didn't see a single elk didn't i saw one doe one uh mule deer doe and that was it after about 60 miles of hiking and it was just calling in person after person every time we'd start calling well then i got then i was lucky enough because my wife bought me a landowner tag down in uh, new mexico for my birthday last year so she sent me down there to unit and it was like jurassic park down there it was awesome um, and I was able to connect with my first bull elk after on the fifth day, it was the last day, you know, cause I was being picky because I knew it was an expensive tag. So I was like, I'm not just gonna, you know, shoot the first, first bull that comes close to me. Uh, but got a really nice five by, you know, like I, I didn't really, I didn't measure him or anything, but he's just, he's beautiful, man. He had this crazy looking dagger coming out. Um, and then yeah, in a 10 day span in September last year, I went New Mexico elk came back to Colorado and did my, um, retirement party went up the up to the wagon hound shot a double drop time, drop time buck off the train tracks stalked him on the train tracks and shot him and then drove all the way down to Sawash right after that um Sawash Colorado and shot this giant fork buck with uh with Clay Hill so in 10 days I just like got to I, I got to do something I'd never gotten to do and it was just unbelievable and then uh fast forward to Oh, what, what, what happened in, in between every, I think I went to, um, yeah, I went to Texas, South Texas in Uvalde with, um, Omar Villa and his buddies. And we did a spot and stock on a whitetail and I used one of those ultimate predator decoys. Yeah. And we just rattled these bucks up out of the, you know, out of, out of the senderos that you walk, you walk down the senderos and it's like this crazy mesquite brush and they just come popping out of there. 
um, yeah, so we, I, I set up in like a cactus brush, rattled one out and was able to get him to come into like 25 yards and put one right through his chest. And it was just like growing up hunting whitetails, always tree stand hunting them. So to be able to spot and stock one, I didn't really, I guess you can call it spot and stock, but we knew there was bucks in there. So we went in there and started rattling and, you know, a really nice eight point came out and that's the one I took. And then, yeah, I'm moving kind of fast here, but you fast forward to January, I get a call from Alex Nestor. Um, and he goes, Hey, you want to come hunt a lion? I was like, yeah, he's like, I've been waiting, you know, for that, for this call. So let's go. Yeah, I drove up to, it was only 45 minutes from the city, you know, you know, where, um, right up right there in that area and it's super cliffy, but he was like, well, let's go. He didn't, he didn't have like a line on one, but he's like, we'll just go try to cut some tracks in this fresh snow. I said, all right. And we started, we started driving these back roads and we saw a couple smaller tracks and some females, a couple small males and nothing worth kind of, you know, really getting out and chasing after. And then finally we saw these huge prints coming across the road. So we were like, all right, this is the one, but he was on private going through private onto public. So sorry, my daughter just walked out of here. Roxy, be quiet, please, babe. So, so we, uh, so we got try to get hold of this landowner. We couldn't find, we couldn't get a hold of him. So we called all the neighbors around the area to try to get the number for this guy. And finally, we heard all these stories about how this, you know, these lions around there have been eating dogs and harassing people, and they're kind of a problem over there. So, <clears throat> so finally, we're driving back down the road, and the guy comes out on his porch, and he's like waving us down, and he's like, "You guys, lion hunters?" And we're like, "Yeah." And he's like, "I was like, we've been trying to get a hold of you for like two hours, man." And he was like, "Was that you guys that came on the porch?" And we're like, "Yeah." He's like, "I thought it was that lion coming up onto my porch again." So he really thought that like. This, I mean, this lion was obviously living under his porch. It was, you know, harassing people. So he said, yeah, you guys go ahead. Uh, please go get him, you know. And we took off after him, sent the dogs on him. And um, the story is long about how we got there. It was about a six-hour hike up and down the mountain. Um, ended up ended up finally getting, getting to him at like 9,000, almost 10,000 feet. And uh, was able to arrow one right into his chest. And, you know, he was dead when he hit the ground. And then I took, I, I was so tired. I picked this, you know, huge lion up, got the picture, set him back down and drug, carried him. I laid him in the back of that striker pack, that striker XL. So I laid him long wise, long ways in there. So tail and one, uh, coming out of one end and head coming out of the other. And I had to crawl backwards down out of the mountain because it was just, you know, he was like 173 pounds gutted. So he was just so heavy. Yeah, big cat. Awkward, and I was already cramping up really bad, and my body was just—I was so tired. And we get him down, and I got him all checked in and everything with the game wardens, and, and then I posted the picture, and then that then a shitstorm came, you know, and it was just like you know, PETA was after me, and all these animal rights activists were after me, and putting out false statements about how the lions are endangered, and when in reality the North American mountain lion is like the only big cat that's thriving. They're just, I mean, they're everywhere. They're thriving. So I did everything by the book. Everything was right. So I wasn't really worried about that, but you know, a lot of people were like very, I got, I caught a lot of support from the hunting community, which made me feel really good. Cause like I said, I was coming right out of retirement from football, kind of looking for my place to where I fit in, you know, into this industry. And uh, people just kind of put their arms around me and, 
and uh, really brought me into the into the fold, and it, it just was a good feeling for me. So it wasn't all bad, you know. Most mostly good stuff came from this. Um, you know, I got to go do the Joe Rogan podcast. I was on Tucker Carlson. Um, I just finished up doing the Mediator podcast with Steve Ranella. Uh, what else have I done? I've done all kinds of cool stuff, and you know, now I've just got my <clears throat> the Wolf Untamed podcast started, and my first season of uh, Wolf Untamed the Hunting Show is up on YouTube now. So. I got a lot of cool stuff going on and looking forward to season two. So what all do you have going on this season? So I have a, um, I'm going with the born and raised guys, August 1st through the 5th to do a black bear hunt with my bow up in Oregon. And then I have an antelope tag in Colorado in the middle of August. So I'm going to go do that. And then in September, I have a, a tag in the Gila so that's I'm really looking forward to that one, and then I have a um, Eastern Colorado mule deer tag out there on the plains, the plains tag. So I'm going to do that one. Um, I also have a Colorado bear tag that I'm you know looking to fill. That's up here in my cabin. So as soon as I can get eyes on a bear, I start chasing them up here. Uh, what else do I got going? Um, November I'm going to go to. Uh, um, Oklahoma to do whitetail with uh, Levi Mayfield and you know Levi he's my camera guy he came he shoots for you guys too so just an awesome kid and you know he's doing all my editing too so you know he's been crushing it and he was like hey maybe we can just come down. I didn't draw my canvas tag so we were looking for a place to to go hang some tree saddles and hunt on the tree saddles and he was like Oklahoma's perfect so I was like, oh, let's go so we're gonna go down there in November and and that's really all I got planned you know everything else after that is going to be kind of whatever pops up. But my, what I'm really looking forward to is our hunt in 2024. So yeah, that, that trip next year, um, that'll be moose and in grizzly up in Alaska, but you coordinated all that. Um, that's with Alaskan adventures, but tell everybody a little bit about, uh, you know, this trip, what we're going to do with it. Yeah. So I, I ran into this guy named Dan Paul and he, he runs the show up there. He's based out of Colorado yeah, Alaskan Adventures, like you said. And he was like, hey, I was looking to do a moose hunt, you know, and I was just kind of talking to him about it. And he was like, well, you know, who do you want to do it with? And I, you know, I mentioned your name and he was like, oh, that'd be awesome. You know, he's, then we started talking on the phone more and I was like, you know, what's the pricing going to look like? Because it's an expensive hunt. You know, it could get to, it could get to about a $40,000, $50,000 hunt really quick. And he was like, look, he's like, if you and Snyder want to come up there and film and, and uh, give me some publicity and, um, you know, hook it up. I'll do it for you guys at cost. And I was like, wow. Okay. So it just made, it made sense. That's why I called you right away. And you're like, yeah, I'm in, let's go. And, uh, you know, we put, I think we paid our deposit. So I know I paid mine. I'm pretty sure you said you paid yours. So we're ready to go. Um, yeah, but he's just like really, really going to make it awesome for us. We're going to do like a hundred mile float once we get up in there. And it's just, you know, I'm really excited about that. That's, that's going to be something that's, You've been a dream of mine my whole life, so cannot wait. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, obviously if we both get moose, that's certainly, you know, off the carcass of the animal. That definitely helps bring bears in as well. Um, I don't know if that's the plan, but that generally works. But, yeah, I was just excited to go. Well, that's be what good he to... said. Oh, go ahead. That's what, he, that's what he said, Snyder. He said, he said that we're going to, once we kill once we kill a moose, the well, they're gonna like we're gonna get the meat out and then hunt the carcass. 
to just hunt the gut pile for for grizzly. He said they'll be in there right away. You know, it's just the, it's just making sure it's the right grizzly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Well, it's it's cool because I don't I don't think you've ever done anything this remote before. Um, you know, obviously with your career, you never had time. I mean, football season right is right in the thick of things as far as hunting goes. But uh, you know, this one will be about as remote. I'm assuming as you probably ever ever been. So uh on you know on that are you yeah is that something with it was intriguing to you or you just didn't give a shit but you wanted to go hunt moose and bear did you want to see you know kind of how you weathered out a you know kind of a, a super remote hunt yeah i i wanted to i kind of want to push myself a little you know challenge myself and see what it what it's like is the more the more that i do this the more that i enjoy the backpacking aspect of it, of being back there and having to kind of take care of myself. Um, as far as, you know, figuring out water and figuring out food and, you know, figuring out how, how am I going to stay dry? You know, stuff like that, that, that kind of stuff really is fun to me. So I'm really like Alaska is the ultimate test. You know, if you ask me, I, I don't know what you think, but I, I think that Alaska is probably going to be the, the ultimate test for me. And I'm really excited about that. And that's what it was. It wasn't just, it's not just about going and killing a moose. It's about experiencing that Alaskan tundra and that wilderness and just being out there in the middle of nowhere with, you know, the, the, there's no hospital close. There's no way to get out of there without, without a bush plane. So I'm just, that to me, that's just the ultimate, yeah. the ultimate goal is to put yourself in those kind of situations and come out of it on top. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I will say like Alaska is cool. Um, but I, I will say the Northwest Territories and Yukon were even crazier than than Alaska, as far as remote. I mean, not taking anything away from Alaska, but those three areas, you know, obviously, and they're relatively close together. Um, but the NWT, the Yukon, and uh, Alaska, Northern BC, all of those areas, you know, when when you when it's remote, I mean, it is it's remote. You know, you're dropped off, you're a long ways from anything, and you know, self self-reliance basically uh it's, it's kind of a cool thing you know obviously while you were playing football i was you know backpacking so i'm a little bit more you know used to these hunts than than you know than others i've been fortunate enough to go but it is it is um daunting for a lot of people once that plane leaves you you are on your own and uh i, I mean it's cool i like it i mean it's it's fun and uh sounds like they have a lot of a shitload of moose and bears so it'll be even funner with that yeah, he said, he sent me some pictures of uh, some of the moose that they had seen earlier or last season, and he was and I was like, whoa, you know, like sixty three inch wide moose, you know, these big giant grizzlies. And I was like, wow, this is going to be just awesome. Because originally we had talked because we wanted to do a brown bear, and something with the natives they didn't they because we were, we were going to hunt this area for brown bear that hadn't been hunted in like thirty years. Um, but I guess the natives are, they want to like push it off a couple more years or something. So that's why we're not going to do the coastal brown, but I'm cool. That's fine. An inland grizzly is just as cool to me. Oh yeah. The triple, uh, it's just cool to do a trip like that. Um, you know, on that note, like, you know, just getting into, you know, hunting at a, you know, fairly high level, obviously, you know, you're getting to do, um, a lot of different cool stuff. Do you have any kind of a roadmap of what you're, you know, I don't want to call it a bucket list, but maybe that like different animals, different hunts you want to go on. Obviously this is one of them, but any, anything else you're trying to work out, uh, you know, in the future that you're really wanting to do? Yeah, I, man, I really want to do a Rocky Mountain Bighorn. 
that is like to me you know people talk about like a tough hunt you know these guys go up there for 30 days sometimes and don't come back with anything so that that's a hunt that i really am really looking forward to doing i think i'm gonna what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna start out with like desert and stone and because i don't know i don't i'm not gonna go pay for a, a bighorn tag i'm just gonna have to wait till i draw it you know but i'm like doing everything i can to put myself in a situation where i you know have the best odds of drawing somewhere so yeah that, that, the bighorn is that's kind of the pinnacle for me yeah, so you know with like it sounds like you said you had a antelope hunt and uh mule deer hunt is that with nestor the out east on some of his properties um the antelope hunt is down in swash so that'll be with clay hill oh gotcha um, he, he, he drew the tags and he was able to, I was able to buy the vouchers from the, um, from the landowner. So, and it was pretty inexpensive, you know, most people can afford that. So, uh, yeah, he's, and he's kind of, you know, Clay's a good friend of mine. So he's hooking it up and I was trying to, I'm trying to find somebody to come do it with me. Cause he's got two, I got another voucher ready to go. I just can't find anybody to come do it. It's, the, it's August 15th. So I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm thinking about doing like a giveaway maybe and have somebody come on the hunt with me or. You know, so I don't know. We'll see something like that. No, that'll be, that'll be cool. I would go, but I'm going to be in Northern BC. So you're on your own. <laughs> yeah, I know you took, you're taking my, uh, my camera guy with you. Uh, yeah, I am. Well, let's see. I'm taking him for some stuff. Nope. That actually, my business partner is taking your cameraman, uh, for, Alaska, that, a caribou trip. I'm actually going up oh, with yeah. Bart Lancaster to help him out on some stone sheep and mountain goat hunts. And then I'm going to hunt mountain goat while I'm up there um, as well. But I'll be up there four or five weeks. I'm going to be gone a while, um, which will be cool for me um, if I don't stress out too, too much about work because I'll be dark for the most part the whole time I'm up there. But I kind of prefer that, especially any anymore. It's nice to get away from the phone. But uh, what... Um, like you said, you know, yeah, the, the best part about being up there. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's great. So you, you've got the, you know, pretty, I mean, your first year, pretty dang crazy, you know, first year, you've got a good year this year. You started that podcast, um, on that podcast, like what, for, for people who haven't started tuning in yet, what is your, um, end goal with that? Is it just to get cool people on and shoot the shit? Or, or what, you know, what's your, your view on it or outlook or where you want to get with that thing? Yeah. So that's, so it's not just, I didn't want to pigeonhole myself. It's just like a hunting podcast or just as like a sports podcast. It's more of a lifestyle podcast. So it, it's just like, I'm taking people from really all walks of life that are like, that have had to fight through adversity and have had to kind of push themselves and kind of beat the odds really to get where they're at. And then they're excelling in that, in that field, whatever that field is, you know, I had, um, you know, veterans on there, you know, my last episode was Justin LASIK. He's a um, double, double amputee, um, green beret medic retired. And he is just a badass man. This guy was, you know, just his whole story. And this, Cause this happened like two years ago, you know, where he got blown up on IED, you know, just bad, really bad luck. But uh, you know, the way that he's like taking the mentality of like, you know, coming out of that on top is just incredible. So stories like that, you know, I have a guy named Scott Parker, who was an avalanche enforcer uh, for the, for the hockey team, the, the NHL. He's just a legend. Um, he's a Stanley cup winner and really big outdoorsman. Um, and then I had a, another guy who was like, like I said, a teammate of mine, Emmanuel Sanders, who's like, he had, he comes from, he's a country boy from Texas, came from absolutely nothing. And, you know, now he's just, he's just thriving. So, 
know, guys like that. And you know, I got like, I got Mike Glover coming on, you know, I think that'll be a good one. Um, and, uh, yeah, some country artists, Michael Ray, uh, Tim Montana. Um, yeah, I got, I got some, some cool guests coming up and then I'm um, going to do some cross promotion with it too. Like I'll go do the drinking bros podcast with those guys. And, um, you know, I got to do Cam Haynes' podcast too, which was awesome. You know, he's just an awesome guy. You know, he was really fun to be around and to hear his stories and kind of the way he got into it. And, you know, guys like that, you know, that have, uh, you know, really, really, it doesn't matter. You don't have to be a professional athlete. It's just like, if you really work hard and find something you love to do and just chase that passion, you know, those are the kind of people I want to talk to. I have another woman named Allison Levine. She's done all, all of the summits, all of the major summits, which is to me like incredible, you know, so I just want to hear her stories and it's just going to be fun stories and with cool people really is what it is. Yeah, it sounds like it. And I I think you were smart to kind of, like you said, not pigeonhole yourself. Like the cool thing, uh, you know, about having, you know, a podcast and, and being, you know, a large umbrella, you know, when you, no matter what, and this is speaking for me, I guess, is like, I, I just listened to an old podcast with like Rogan and Lance Armstrong, which I, I, I'm a big Lance Armstrong fan. It was cool to hear that led into multiple other podcasts that I got listened to because of that one, nothing to do with hunting. And then I don't know, in three or four days, I might listen to a hunting podcast, but I actually listened to very few hunting podcasts, but I listened to other podcasts. So it's, you know, you have a variety. I think it's, it's great. And the reach you have, especially with professional athletes, things like that is even, you know, better. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like, I want to try to get on, I want to try to, I want, I do want to try to bring guys on that are guys and girls that are interested in the outdoors um, or that are involved in the outdoors, but it's, you know, it's not just that, you know, it's, it's about, it's about telling your story, you know, like people don't know because my audience might not know who this person is. Let's tell your story and get it out there, you know, because there's a lot of really cool stories. I know that like, cause my story inspires people you know, cause of what I went through as a kid and how I got to where I'm at, you know, the adversity. And then even when I got to the NFL, the adversity of the, the injuries that I went through and stuff like that. So, and then even post football, the, the things I deal with from head injuries, um, you know, just like the stuff that I have to do to take care of my body is, it's pretty taxing, but you know, it's just keep it, just keep forging forward. And those are the stories that I want to tell. I want to tell people's, I want people to be able to tell their story and inspire people. Now that's, that's cool. Um, so with your, uh, you know, your podcast, where can people, what's it called? Where can people find that? I kind of screwed that up earlier, but. No, it's all right. It's called, uh, it's called Wolf Untamed and it's on Spotify. It's on, um, Google, it's on Amazon, it's on Apple and, uh, um, on YouTube. And then the, the same with the YouTube, the YouTube is a, is a platform for my hunting show as well. Um, you can also find that stuff on carbon TV, my, my hunting content. So we're, we just, uh, signed a non-exclusive with those guys to start pushing my, uh, my show. So yeah, it's, it's starting to take off and, uh, you know, I'm in talks with meat eater right now to, to talk about, you know, how we can work together with podcasting and stuff. Cause they have a huge platform and a lot of different podcasts under their brand. So Steve and I got and had a conversation about it and, you know, I think we're going to have something worked out. No, that's cool. They have a big, they have a big following and they, um, it's, it's, uh, what's the word? Mm, it's a big umbrella, I guess. Cause they have whitetail and 
uh, with Mark Kenyon, I think his name, and then Jason Phelps, obviously, on the elk hunting side. And then uh, they have a bear, I think it's called Bear Grease Pod. They have a, a bunch of bear, different Bear Grease with Clay Newcomb, yeah. Yeah, Clay's a good dude. So, yeah, yeah that, they, they do cool. they do a good job, man. They have a, they have a huge, they have a huge variety of, uh, of, you know, when it comes to, like, conservation and hunting and stuff like that. And I think he said that, a, they said that a lot of their listeners are, like, athletes. Or, you know, they have like that sports, you've got a lot of people that love to watch sports, love to watch and listen to Mediator. So he just, I just think it's a good fit. Um, you know, nothing set in stone yet, but I, it's something I'm excited about. No, that'll be cool. The, um, and their, their podcasts do get a lot of traction. Obviously the, the Mediator podcast at primary, you know, is the heavy hitter, but I know like when we run, you know, um, you know, numbers or we get these little, you know, whatever our, who, who, who hosts our podcasts, um, you know, we'll see where we're at in the top five or whatever. And usually that bear grease and meat eater right in there in the top five with us, which is, is cool. And, and Clay Newcomb's, he's an awesome dude as well. Um, you know, I don't listen to a lot of hunting that, you know, podcasts, I'll catch little tidbits here and there, but I mean, if it works out, that'll be a good, you know, fit and add something that they don't have, you know, obviously you'll be adding something that's it's it's hard to, um, with what you did in the NFL, obviously, and as an athlete and everything else. Um, it it's hard to find someone like that that's now in the hunting industry um, anymore. I mean, there's a few, but you're just not with the same platform or at the level you were at. And so, I'm sure that would be a good fit. On that note, since you've, I mean, are you going in the direction you thought you would be when this all kicked off or has anything changed with the hunting side of things? I, I, I it's taken, it took off a little, a lot faster than I thought it would, you know, cause I, you know, not to, not to toot my own horn, but it's, you know, I've been able to accomplish as far as uh, what the kind of reach that I have and the kind of viewership that I have, I've been able to reach those numbers in you know, six, seven months that people take six, seven years to try to do. You know, so it's, it's really, you know, and obviously the platform that I already had was a huge help. Um, and then that, the exposure I got from that mountain lion was a, another huge help. So, you know, doing the Joe Rogan podcast and Cam Haynes and um, having Kafaru push me, you know, that's, that's just been such a huge help. And, you know, to me, it's, to me, it's like, I, I feel this kind of responsibility from this whole thing, you know, especially with the lion stuff. What I really realized is that like in this industry, in, this, in the hunting industry and in the outdoors industry and in the conservation industry, all of this is all under one umbrella to me. And there's a full on attack from the, uh, from the opposition that wants us to not be able to do this stuff anymore. They, they would rather see animals die of disease and starve out than to see a hunter go out and, you know, ethically take an animal. So to me, we have to kind of stick together. So I feel this kind of responsibility to, to try to keep us all together as hunters, you know, and put the egos aside, you know, cause it, it, you know how it gets. There's a guy that is a rifle hunter and there's a guy that's a bow hunter. Then, then even when you get in, into the bow hunting, it's the traditional bow hunters and the uh, recurve guys and the, and the compound guys and the crossbow guys, they're all kind of, I'm better, I'm better. And you know, it's, I'm better than you because I do it this way. To me, we're all in the same boat, man. And if we want to keep doing this and uh, keep this lifestyle, we have to stick together. You know, it's, it's kind of like an elk herd, you know, what do the wolves do to the elk herd? They separate the weak. So if they let, if we let them separate us and rip us apart, you know, we're going to fail because they have a lot of money backing them. Yeah, no. And they're doing a good job. Um, they're very organized and calculated. Um, so no, it's good to hear that. And uh, you know, obviously the, the direction, um, and you experienced it real quick, 
and uh you know at a level that most people i mean i was getting hate from crap you were doing for whatever reason and i was laughing about it because it doesn't those the antis and things like that already dislike you no matter what you do who you are as a person or whatever how legal you were when you'll you took it in your mind no you'll never change but you know one of the things that did for you good bad or indifferent is it it got your name out there on the hunting space it catapulted that at a level that really was i don't I, even for me was a surprise i mean i knew you killed a big cat but i didn't 30 days after you shot that thing i'm like you may have got some hate but it did more for your hunting career um, you know, than anything, just showing who you were, your, you know, your perspectives, your outlooks on things and, and get a good word out. So like you said, it wasn't all bad. I was getting all kinds of hate mail about it. And I'm like, why are you guys coming? Just cause our relationship or whatever. Um, I think I even texted right. you cause I was laughing about it. Cause it's like, whatever, like send me hate <laughs> mail. I don't give a shit. Like you, you don't like me anyway. I'm not even going to respond, but <laughs> Yeah, it was it was pretty wild, man. I mean, you know what was, what was what was crazy to me is it was a lot of people from like Europe, mm. a lot of Europeans were like coming after me, and I'm like, what do you care? Like, what are you even what are you even involved in this for? You have no idea what what the rules are here. You, but that like like you said, right? There's there's an un, they're uneducated in this space, and they're thinking emotionally. So they you know they see you holding the big line, they just are like, oh, you know, he's a murderer. Yeah, it's like no, buddy. That's that's not how it works, you know. You and then they don't. If they looked at the numbers of how much money, I think Colorado alone is like some like almost a almost one and a half billion in money that it, that the hunters have put back into the conservation of, of no, wildlife and the parks yeah. and it's unbelievable how much money that the hunter that hunters are putting into this into this, you know. And if they want to have these hiking trails and stuff to to walk on, you know, where do you think that money comes from? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and a lot of people don't look at it that way or, or you know, or even care to. Like, they don't, they just don't give a shit, right? I mean, it, it is what it is. But, I mean, you know, when you actually break things down, like, it, it makes a lot of sense if you have an open mind about, as hunters, what we do, you know, where that money goes, how much it helps. But if they don't want to listen, which they don't, you might as well be talking to a fucking piece of plywood because it's just not no matter how much of a diplomatic conversation you have there, it's weird to me. Like I've had to have these, I've, I've tried to have some of these conversations and, and it's weird because they just start yelling at you. Like anytime you make any sense, yeah, they, they just, just yell. Scream. Yeah. Yeah. It's strange. Yeah. They throw a fit. They throw a fit. They don't yeah. want to hear science. They don't want to hear numbers. They don't want to hear facts. They just start yelling and screaming. And you know, you know, I kind of want to segue into the, into, yeah, you know, Jason Matzinger, right? Oh yeah. Uh, so Jason and I were talking the other day. Um, oh yeah, sorry, I forgot to tell to mention I drew my Montana deer and elk combo tag this year, so I'm going to Montana um, in October, the beginning of October for elk with Jason, and then um, in November I'm going for mule deer with Brian Barney. So, but I was talking to Jason, and Jason was like, he he just did a film on uh, trophy hunting and how trophy hunting has like this. This, it, it just is a negative uh, outlook from, from the outside, you know? Even some people on the inside are like, oh, I don't hunt for trophy, I hunt for meat, you know? But at the end of the day, if you're going out to hunt and you're going after a big mature animal that's kind of past his prime or has reached his prime and is just going to be on the downfall from there, you know, to me, that's the, the greatest form of conservation. 
So I don't know what you think about that, but to me, like, you know, trophy hunting is, a, it should be like looked at as a good thing. Cause it's not like you're just out there killing the first thing you see. I think that, uh, you're out there putting in the time and you're, it's a calculated, you're calculated and you're being, you know, picky about what you take. Yeah. So as far as like, it's weird with this, um, dynamic. So rewind right into the, let's just go back to the 1800s when, whatever we started traveling west right Oregon Trail all the mountain men things like that where uh you know the um natives were were obviously very careful of what that they they would shoot whatever but they would obviously use every part of the you know the animal I'm not a historian but obviously what I've you know tried to explained to people, right? So back then, obviously any animal was a trophy because that animal kept you alive, right? Literally kept you alive because, you, you right. know, as time has gone on. There was no, there was no, there was no supermarket. Yeah. Yeah. There was nothing. Right. So as time's gone on, obviously, um, you know, things were put in place because mostly of mis, um, misuse and abuse of the land and the animals, that now you know the like Theodore Roosevelt. We, we, anyway, all the all the, the the laws have come into play to regulate the wildlife. When I say regulate, keep the numbers, keep good numbers, you know. And then you know, obviously, they take away add to add tags to units, things like that, to where technically you are doing a better job when you're. And I don't. I hate the word trophy hunt because you're you're basically trying to shoot an older age class animal that has passed his DNA, his genes on many, many times over. And now you're going to take that animal out of the gene pool that has passed on his, you know, great genes and genetics, the most, no matter what anyone fucking says, the strong survive, right? Females, especially yep. in the wild, want to hump the dominant male. There's no way around it. That's just life. And yep humans are weird now some people you know like people who play world of warcraft but but uh as an and an animals uh take it's weird to me um t you know taking of the older mature age class animal is better for conservation or wildlife management you can't really argue that i mean that's just i mean, I mean when i say that why shoot a two-year-old you don't know if it's going to be big smaller you know you just don't know so you you know as they age and mature you know you're you are basically um, trying to put the best genes back out into the wild. Um, and I'm, I'm not a biologist. I'm keeping this as short and sweet as I can. What the problem is, is the outlook by others of trophy hunting mean any non or anti hunter generally thinks you cut the head off and left the meat, which is not the case. Right. But that's yeah. the word trophy not hunting. The case at all. No. And that's the problem is like, I don't, I, and I'm a, I'm a, I say a horrible trophy hunter. I try to shoot four year old and older deer, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not like a clay uh, hill or a, you know, nesters, you know, really like he's locked the door to not let me shoot a, an older deer, but not a great scoring deer. But where it gets confusing or weird is you have these two lines and I don't want to talk too much because you're on the podcast, but you have two lines. You have the line of, shoot what makes you happy, right? Just get out in the outdoors. And there is, I, I agree with that in the beginning, but as you mature as a hunter, you should try to challenge yourself at times to shoot older, more mature, especially out West age class animals. 
when there's a high population of too many deer, like, like Alabama, let's say it's a little bit different, but, and I'm running on here. So I agree with you, but man, it gets really sticky. Like there's all kinds of shit talking with that conversation mm-hmm. on trophy hunting. Yeah, I agree. And it's, I just think it's, I think it's a conversation that should be had. You know what I mean? So to me, I, I to me, I'm just excited, man. I'm just really excited that I'm like, I'm learning some something new every time I, I talk to somebody in this industry, you know, just trying to pick people's brains and these old timers and, you know, guys like you that can, you know, that have been around it. And it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun and I'm having a, I'm having a really good time with it. Yeah. And I mean, you've got good people around you, which is awesome. Um, you know, when I say good people, obviously people you can learn from that have been around the block, um, you know, and it doesn't really, it shortens your learning curve a little bit, but it, 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 you still have, you know, when I say you, anyone, you're learning every time you go out. They're just, since mm-hmm. you honestly, I mean, you, I don't want to say wasted. You didn't waste your time in football wasn't a waste, but I mean, you were not able to be in the outdoors <laughs> during that time. So you got to catch up and they're helping yeah. you catch up quicker, which is cool. Yeah. Which is really, really awesome. And I'm really grateful for it. And, you know, the people that I've been able to surround myself with these last, you know, eight, nine months has just been incredible. Um, and you know, I just like, you know, the support that I get from Kafara, man, is just, it's uh, like, to me, that's like, you guys kind of kicked it off. You guys believed in me before anybody else did. I'll be forever grateful. What, what, what's funny. Um, and I don't want to take too much of your time. I do not watch, uh, sports. Like I, I just never have. And so I didn't know who you were, but my wife watches is a huge Denver Broncos fan. And, uh, I don't know if I told you this because I probably didn't want to look like an idiot. When I first did a podcast with you, uh, I was like, yeah, I'm doing a podcast with Derek Wolf. And she was like, are you fucking kidding me? And I'm like, no, is he important? And she was like, uh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. Because she always, she's the kind of lady, you know, she yells at the TV, gets into the games, you know, whatever. Come on, Derek, that kind of yeah. shit. Like she knows you. Um <laughs> and, and, and as you've learned me more, I don't like you've invited me and, and I feel bad to go do some pretty cool stuff that I've not gone because I'm kind of introverted and don't do well in big crowds. But like she, on the other hand, she is definitely more of a crowd person and, you know, likes to get out and, and knew exactly who you were. So it was funny because she was looking at me like I was an idiot because I'm like, oh, did he play football or something? Yeah. So I, I probably didn't tell you that originally. <laughs> you don't think I was a moron, but. No, you did. You did. You mentioned that. You're like, I didn't even know. I don't watch football, man. And I was like, I, I, to me, that's perfect because I'd rather you get to know me for who I am and not have like a, a preconceived notion of who I am or what I do and, and stuff like that. So we got to just know each other, you know, as people, you know, before you knew I was an athlete or anything, which is awesome. Yeah, I had to Google it. I, lo- I had to look it up. You definitely look a lot different now than when you had shorter hair. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it took a while to grow these dreads out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I was, just, you know, and the other thing is like sticking them in your helmet and everything was just kind of a pain in the butt, but you know, it's, it's been a, it was a fun journey, man. 10 years in the NFL, won a Super Bowl, And, you know, now I get to just kind of chase it, chase another passion that I've been, I had it on the, on the back burner. Cause like, like I, I did grow up hunting, you know, hunting whitetail and, uh, and Turkey was really the only two things you could hunt and, Ohio, you get rabbits and squirrels and stuff like that. But, you know, now that I get to Western hunt, man, it is just like opened my eyes to something that I just never imagined was possible. 
Yeah. Oh, I bet. The the cool thing though, obviously, is you're still young. You're not totally, you know, broke down. Obviously, you have definitely had some dents and dings uh, playing in the NFL, but you can still get after it, which is, which is cool. Um, so I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to take you too much more of your, you know, your time up or whatever. Can you, can you tell everybody where they can find you on social media? Obviously, what the podcast is again, um, you know, things like that, so they can look for you. Yeah, yeah. So my, you can check me out on Instagram. That's where I, I kind of push everything through Instagram. Um, it's Derek Wolf underscore 95. And then you can follow me on my uh, YouTube page, which is Wolf Untamed. And and then the uh, Spotify podcast is Wolf Untamed as well. So those are the two platforms really that you can, you can find me on. And uh, just let me know. I, leave some comments. I love hearing what you think. Yeah, for sure. I see you. No, no, no problem, man. I, I do appreciate you, uh, you know, coming on. Hopefully we may be able to get on some kind of a hunt this year. Um, you know, if possible, especially our dad, whatever, we'll figure it out. But uh, yeah, I appreciate the support, uh, for Kafaru as well, the friendship and, uh, yeah, thank you for coming on, dude. Yeah. Thanks for having me, brother. Yep. No problem, man. Take it easy. And everybody go check out Wolf Untamed podcast. We'll have a link up, um, you know, for that for everybody to check out. So have a good day, man. Take it easy. Yep. You too, brother. Thank you. Whether your hunting passion is Western big game, Midwest whitetail, sheep hunting, waterfowl, upland, or a mix of everything, Black Ovis is where you'll find hunting gear that performs and stands up to the demands of your hunt. If it's not a piece of hunting gear we'd use, it doesn't belong on Black Ovis. We earn your loyalty with wicked and fast free shipping, unmatched customer service, hunting gear and field knowledge, and a selection of hunting supplies that is the envy of any hardcore hunter. Black Ovis is your home for solid hunting gear. Give us a call or check out the website at blackovis.com. And use the code KafaruCast10 on your next order to save yourself 10% off your purchase.